Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osband, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachat Nazir, daf Membet, page 42. We're going to have a series of Mishnayos, and before I get to those Mishnahs, uh, there's a very kind of, I found it to be sort of like a humorous, tongue-in-cheek passage, sort of discussing, like, what actually constitutes shaving. And it begins as follows. Bye, Abai. Abai wanted to know, Nazir Shigilech v'shayar shte sarot. So another shaves his head, but he leaves two hairs unshaved. And so we know, therefore, it's as if he didn't shave. He didn't fulfill the requirement of shaving, right? His hair grows, and then he goes back and he shaves those two hairs that he left unshaved. What's the halacha? Right? Do the hairs that grow back prevent him from filling his obligation or not? In other words, is enough that he sort of just shaved those two hairs and then he fulfilled his requirement of shaving? Or does he have to shave his whole head at one time and then he fulfills his requirement of shaving? Notice the Gemara doesn't actually answer. They're going to go through a series of sort of these types of cases. By Rava, so Rava wanted to know, Nazir Shigileach Fiyaniach Shteso wrote, right? A Nazir shaves uh, his head but leaves two hairs. He shaves one and one falls out. Maku, what's the halacha? Amrle Ravacha mi Dipti Lu Ravina, so Ravachva of Dipti says to Ravina, Gilech Shara Sa'araka Mibaile Lurava. Wait, is Rava really asking about whether or not you can shave one hair at a time? In other words, okay, he shaved the hair that was left, so of course that has to be an act of shaving. So that can't be what Rava's question is. So rather, this is the scenario Rav, Ravina answers. Ella Amai Nashra Achat Vigilech Achat Mahu. Rather, the question is this case. If you have, right, there are two hairs, right, and they both fell out, and then he shaved the last one, what's the law? In other words, the sec- when he does the second shaving, okay, there's only a single hair on his head, right? One of them fell out. So then does it make no difference? Or do we say, right, when the second to last hair falls out on its own, then it's sort of like, the first act of ha- that first act of shaving is retroactively okay because in that case he only left one hair, right? Because remember what the Gemara, the Mishnah said is, is that if he leaves two hairs, it's a problem. So here the case is, is he leaves two hairs, one falls out, and then there's just one left. So the question is, okay, maybe then it's like he shaved his head. So Ravina answers and says, Amarle. So Ravina says back to Rav Acha Abdifti. If there's no shaving, then there's no hair here, right? So what he seems to be saying is, is that, uh, you know, basically, right, um, it, it doesn't seem like it's actually he fulfilled, you know, what was required um, because, right, he's, he seems to be saying that this, it, it, because there was no hair left on the Nazir's head. Now, the Gemara doesn't actually understand this, right? It says, if there's no hair, then there is shaving here, right? In other words, it doesn't seem logical. Just because there's no hair on the head, right? Is that a reason to say that the sh- the shaving is is valid, right? Wouldn't you invalidate it because of that? So the Gemara explains, this is what Ravina is saying, even though there's no hair there, then there can't be, there's no fulfillment to uh, of actually of doing the commandment of shaving. In other words, when you have that first shaving and you left over two hairs and that wasn't okay, and then you have a final shaving of a single hair, right? That's not actually deemed an act of shaving, okay? So 
you know, I bet to me, this was sort of like if a tree falls in a forest and nobody hears it, did it actually fall? <laughs> like, you know, it's it's kind of they don't actually answer these questions. I think they're just trying to point out that there is something like really, uh, you know, so nuanced about that Mishnah and almost something halakhically impractical, because we also know that hair is something that does sort of like accidentally fall out, like hair falls out of your hair. So, you know, what does it mean that you left two hairs, right? That just sort of doesn't even make sense that that could really happen. And so I don't know that it's making fun of the Mishnah, but I think it's trying to point out there's something a little logical about that Mishnah. Now we're going to go through two Mishnahs, and then Anne, I'll hand it off to you for that third Mishnah. Nazar chalfeifu mifasim avalosareg. So a Nazar can shampoo his hair and can separate the hairs by hand, but he cannot comb them. And the Gemara here basically comes to say, right, that this is the opinion of Rabbi Shimon, um, the rabbis say otherwise. And the idea here is that, yes, even though maybe your hair could fall out by shampooing or by, you know, separating the hairs, your intention isn't to remove hair. So that's why it's okay. But whereas when you comb it, your intention is actually to remove the hair. And then there's another Mishnah, Rabbi Yishmael Omer, lo yachof ba'adama, right? A nazir cannot shampoo his hair with earth, because it causes the hair to fall out. The Gemara gets into a discussion here if... there's like a syntax thing here with this Mishnah. Is it saying that all earth causes hair to fall out or that you just can't shampoo your hair with earth that you know causes hair to fall out? Obviously, the difference would be is that if it's only, you know, hair that causes your, if the Mishnah should really be read that it's hair, you know, earth that causes your hair to fall out, you could theoretically, according to Rabbi Shemal in that case, wash your hair with earth that doesn't cause your hair to fall out. If you say it's all earth, then you can't use any earth at all. Um, so two kind of also like interesting missions. And again, I think this all relates back to that, like one of the problems or one of the difficulties with this particular prohibition for the Nazir is like hair easily falls out when you do some of these daily activities of how we sort of keep normal hygiene, shampooing, making sure your hair is entangled, combing, it's going to cause your hair to fall out. And so the Nazir has to actually be extra special careful to make sure that they are not purposefully removing or even unintentionally removing any hair. I like the tree of the forest comparison. I feel like, you know, if a Nazir is bald, does his shaving count? Does he need to shave? What do you do? Like you're talking about this example is where we have somebody who does have hair and they don't quite remove all of it. But what happens if the Nazir is truly bald, right? Do you shave? Like do you pretend shave? It seems that that would be superfluous and not like it would be a thing that's not necessary. Can such a, can a bald person become a Nazir because he can't shave afterwards? I feel like some of these questions are going to be addressed at some later date. I'm going to hit the Mishnah now at the bottom of Ahmed Aleph. Nazir kol hayom. A Nazir who's drinking all, wine all day long, meaning even though he's supposed to not have any great products whatsoever, He's still only going to get one set of lashes, meaning the extra time he's put into drinking is not relevant to the fact that he's getting lashes. However, Amrulo, but if people said to him, don't drink, don't drink, you know, over the course of that day, and indeed he does drink, so it's not as if he forgot, then suddenly that shifts the number of lashes he would get because of this, you know, I guess demonstration that he really is intent to do this drinking because he's been reminded and he's told to stop and he continues anyway. And so therefore he does indeed get lashes over, I guess, each cup of wine, each, 
each time that he imbibes is not exactly clear. Um, what would happen if he would be shaving all the day long? Likewise, you know, he's only obligated for the one shaving, meaning he's you know not supposed to shave. He's taking his vow not to shave. Now he is shaving, and he's shaving a lot, whatever that might mean. I figure, kind of figure like, but if the hair is gone, it's gone. Um, and so then what happens, right? Um, he's only obligated for one of those times of shaving. But if everybody came and reminded him and said, no, no, don't shave, don't shave, you're a Nazir, and then he goes ahead and does it, right? He does the shaving anyway. In that case, he would, in fact, be obligated to, you know, because of because of the shaving that was inappropriate. What happens if somebody, in fact, spends all his time around the dead bodies? He's not supposed, the Nazir is not supposed to come in contact with the dead body at all. Again, he's only going to be obligated, he's only considered to a punishment for the violation just the once. But what happens when people say, no, no, don't get, don't let yourself get tame? Don't let yourself be rendered impure. And in any case, he does. And then in, case, then in that case, you know, it becomes clear, I guess, that this is what he's doing. It's not an accident that he became impure because he knows he's been warned. And then he would be liable for each and every attempt. Um, okay. The Gemara on Ahmed Bet handles this Mishnah. I, I want to say it's a, we start off with a discussion that's about this purity issue, but it's a step removed. Itamar. So we're going to see that there's a machloket, there's a dispute amongst the Amorayim, where they were learning this Mishnah. Amar Rabba, Amar Huna, Migra Malay, the Ber Hakatuv, Lo Yitame. So Rabba, is it Rabba or Rabba? One second. Rabba, with a B, a B, said that Rav Huna said that when the Torah says, you know, it's talking about a Nazir, and says that he should not become impure, not even for those seven relatives. Well, the whole point of that is um, considering the way that he would come in contact with a dead body, right? Because the Torah says he should not come in contact with a dead body. So what happens is, basically, he ends up, you know, being in contact, specifically being in contact with the dead body, so, and this then is going to, you know, provide him with some kind of warning of but then there's other kinds of impurity, right, that would not quite, um, let me say this differently, um, right, the whole idea is that the Nazir is not supposed to come in contact with a dead body. And then what happens if he were to come in contact with a dead body? That could happen inadvertently. But again, this is the kind of situation where what we saw from the Mishnah is that he's been told to avoid it. And then in this case, Lazira, uh, um, he, he's been told not to go over there, let's say, but maybe he wasn't told that there's going to be impurity there. So there's no warning for that. And so then the this kind of section of this Gemara says that that's going to leave him only with one set of lashes. Because the concern here of the Gemara is to point out that when the Mishnah says, no, under certain circumstances, he'll get many sets of lashes. So the Gemara opens to say, no, we don't do that. Um, and this is exactly, the, and the Gemara follows up on that and says, like, really? Like, what is Rav Huna saying? 
you know, to what extent is his, his um, contact with a dead body going to leave him a greater, I guess, culpability for the fact that he has been rendered impure. Um, okay. Okay.